Hello, and welcome to the Table and Well podcast. I'm Tennyson. And I'm Janelle. Thank you for joining us as we discuss topics and give practical tools that help you live, grow, and be in healthy, joy-filled relationship with God, yourself, and others. For more information and resources, or if you're looking for coaching, connection, and community, please visit tableandwellco.com. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Table and Well podcast. This is episode number 44. As always, we are super excited that you are here with us today. And please feel free to download and subscribe to this podcast on your favorite listening platform. Well, today we're going to continue on with our series called The half Brain Church, How the Church Has Lost Its Ever-Loving Mind. And we're going to introduce a new topic to you today. Um, again, these discussions come from a book written by Jim Wilder and Michael Hendricks called The Other Half of Church. And we are just excited to bring these conversations to you. Um, I'm not going to go too much into it right now because I just want to jump right into this podcast because what we're going to talk about is something that we don't really talk about too much ever anywhere. I do mention that in the podcast itself, but just to reiterate it here in the open that this is going to be um, something that we need to know how to do and do a lot better. So I'm excited for you guys to listen and to um, really get your feedback on what you hear us say today. Um, this is probably going to be a three or four parter um, in this conversation. So I'm just going to get out of the way. So here's part number 21 of the Half Brain Church, how the church has lost its ever loving mind. Okay, so today we're going to talk about something that a lot of people don't talk about. A lot of churches don't talk about it. A lot of schools don't talk about it. Parents don't talk about it. Talk about how to do this. Right. Families. yeah, Families sure. in general, even like part of talking to your kids about becoming an adult. And when you have different things like this is a topic that we really don't talk about. And so it's going to be interesting. Yes. Because we have some preconceived ideas in our head about what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. And honestly, this topic, out of all the things that we've talked about that have been hard conversations yeah. in this podcast series, this is probably the one thing that we just avoid. Oh, yeah. Because of discomfort. Absolutely. And because we don't know how to do this well. Mm-hmm. Um, it rarely turns out well. <laughs> yes. And it's because we've never understood quite how to approach it. Because there's brain science at play here, too. Surprise, yeah, surprise. Exactly. Um. And I'm excited, though, because this is part of that new way forward. We know that the old way doesn't work. Mm -hmm. We know that we don't know how to stay in relationship with one another Uh when things are challenging. And so we have we have to find a new way. Right. And and, and honestly, this is one of those things that really can blow up relationships. It really can. You know, if, it's a if, make or break, isn't it's it? A, it is a make or break in how we handle this and how we do it. So what are we talking about today? Yeah. <laughs> we haven't said it is. Yeah. And for the next few podcasts here, because we're going to cover this in depth. This yeah. is not going to be a drive by by any means. Yeah. Because there's a lot of pieces at play. So we are talking about healthy correction. Yes. Yeah. Just how many of you just <laughs> some, yeah, how many of you shuddered a little bit? You're like, oh, no. Or turned it off like, OK, we're done. We're done. Um, and even the words healthy correction together aren't something that we would think of that uh, often goes together. Correction alone is something that we're like, oh, that uh, that's bad. Yeah. Generally, that just turns out bad. And if so- I have to correct my employee, bad. If I have to, you know, correct my children, correct my whatever, address a situation. Address, yeah. Um, usually it's not done in a healthy way or in a fruitful way. 
uh, there's business strategies that come into mind, like the sandwich, right? Where you, yeah. you say something nice and then you, uh-huh. then you throw in the, you set it up, you set them up. So that way, when you say the bad thing, like it there's doesn't a, hurt no, as it bad. doesn't hurt as bad. And, and then you don't you have this follow it up with something nice to say. We're not talking about that. Today. Yeah, no, no. And it, cause it does in our society it has a very negative connotation. Even saying the word correction mm-hmm. is like, Oh, mm-hmm. oh, that, oh. Because we're, I mean, somebody's making a judgment call that something's wrong. Yeah. And needs to be addressed. Right. And it, it's really hard. It's really yes. hard. And, 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 and over the course of this, these next few conversations that, that we have, there's going to be a lot of different concepts that are going to have that same kind of like, oh, really? Yeah. That, that word? Yeah, this is about to be a tough one. Yeah. So buckle in. Yeah. Because here we but go. It, it's well worth it. Absolutely. What we're about to reveal through the next few conversations will change the game. Yeah. And so, like I said earlier, um, you know, correction, the word itself has a very negative connotation to it. Um, and it can feel that way. Even when you have correction, you have that feeling of like, oh, this is not cool. Even especially when it, it comes void of joy. Mm-hmm. Like we've talked a lot about joy in previous podcasts out of said out of healthy group identity. When correction happens and there's low joy, low said toxic group identity, um, it, it is negative. Yeah. But mm-hmm. what our goal is to build a healthy community a healthy group identity, one full of joy and said, but it doesn't mean that correction's still going to go well right. just or, by default. Yeah. And it doesn't, right. It doesn't, one, it doesn't mean that correction is going to go up by default, but even like you just said, even if we do, and our goal is to have this community that's built on joy and Hesed and, and strong group identity and healthy group identity, it still doesn't mean that someone inside of that group is going to not do something that is not like themselves to do, or right. they're acting, they're or not acting like themselves. The mm-hmm. Yeah. Any of those things. And so, um, so we have to look at that. And yes. And even in our response to someone who maybe is not acting like themselves or is creating challenge within the group, um, whoever that is that needs to address that and bring healthy correction may not know how to do that. Yeah. So you could have a community full of all the great things and everything's going great, until it's not. And mm-hmm. then and then whoever responds in maybe a less than healthy, healthy way, <laughs> right, <laughs> right? Then then all of that can be really ripped at. Yeah. Where and very wounding to people who are like, man, I thought we really had a healthy thing here. And then we hit a bump in the road and now the whole entire train has been thrown from the tracks instead of you know, like, okay, bump, bump, we made it over yes. and we're, we can pick speed back up again. And we're healthy around the other side because we're firm believers that intimacy comes on the other side of, of conflict. Okay. Yep. And, and so correction that's is conflict. Is conflict. Yes. And so that's what we're going for here. We're not saying what we are saying is don't avoid this. Mm-hmm. Correction is actually a huge gift to relationship challenge and conflict. It's a huge gift to relationship. So let's lean in and let's learn how to do it better. Yeah. So so we're going to take what seems like a left turn. Yes. Well, because correction is is this implication that somebody did something wrong. Right. Right? Yeah. So somebody decided they did something wrong. And nine times out of ten, we make this just default decision that you made a bad choice. <laughs> the whole reason why we have to have this conversation is because you chose right. something that we don't agree with. Yes. And so now I have to convince you 
Because that's how we approach it. Right. Point out that you made a bad choice. And now I have to convince you why you should have made a good choice. And I'm questioning all these reasons why you chose like that. Why didn't you choose better? Don't you love us? Don't you want this? Don't you want that? And then we give a bunch of suggestions that you need to do this. You need to go do that. Now go fix it. Mm -hmm. Think about parents with kids. You know, our approach is like, and and oftentimes out of fear, little Johnny does something and we're like, why in the world would you choose to do that? Don't you know? Whatever, whatever. I taught you better than that. And you're afraid he's going to run off and be like a drug dealer the rest of his life because (laughs) he smoked weed once, you know? And then we like go into this whole crazy cycle where we just lose relationship and Johnny is drawn toward that group of people because he has a place to belong, but that's a whole different story. But this comes into play. Absolutely. That it's that what we're going to talk about today is that a lot of what drives our behaviors Mm -hmm. really has a lot less to do with choices than it does with what our character. Yeah. And, and, and our, our group identity and our belonging and our values, Mm -hmm. which we talked about in group identity. Yeah. But here it comes into play. Yeah. And, and, and one of the reasons why we talk about correction, it is to help change behavior, but really it's to help form and create your a good character inside of that person. We right. don't we we like you said, we tend to go at it and change behavior modification, change the behavior. And we talk about this a lot. Actually, we've talked about it even it's like, you know, um, it's not about behavior modification. It's about changing the heart and what's in yes. the, what's on the heart and what's on the inside. And yes. so um, you can, you can address conflict and bad behavior and things like that from that standpoint. And I think that's really good, but this I think goes a little deeper than that because now we're looking at character mm-hmm. as in like the core of who yeah. that person is and what drives that person to do what they do. Yeah. Could you, good, bad or indifferent, right? Yeah. Like our, that's funny because when you're talking about this, I always think of the, whatever the word is, the opposite of it. Sure. Right. Okay. Uh-huh. So if character is formed mm-hmm. by the people that we're with, and if I can help them form, you use the words good character. Mm-hmm. Well, I could also, if I was not a good person, I can also help form bad character. Yes. If my goal is to get them to do what I think is right. Wow. Yeah. So this comes into play no matter what your motive is or who you are or whether your you know your intrinsic values are good or bad. Mm-hmm. Character can actually be formed, and I think this is important to keep in the rest of this conversation. Character is good or bad character, good can, or bad character. And exactly, it can be shaped like you said either way. Exactly. So obviously, when we talk about it, we're talking about how do do how do we develop good character? Yes, yes. But these are principles like gravity. yep okay so if someone if that character can be formed bad character can be formed in the exact same way so let's get a little more in depth into that yeah so we're gonna look at the brain science of character so we define character as your initial thoughts feelings responses expressions actions or reactions Mm -hmm. that doesn't quite sound like choices Hmm. And what's important to think about here and understand is that character is what happens prior to conscious thought. It's a pre-conscious response. Very true. Yes, it is. So we've talked in previous podcasts about how everything that 
that we experience goes to the right side of the brain, mm-hmm. up through the prefrontal cortex, over and back down the left side of the brain. Yes. Left side of the brain is where that conscious thought occurs. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we've kind of joked about the whole, what would Jesus do <laughs> uh, tagline? Because by the time you have time to think about what would Jesus do, mm-hmm. it's too late. Yeah, you have it- already responded. However, your character has, it will respond. Right. Um, and so... As we talk more about character, it's important to know that also all of this is prior to thought. So our attempt to force people to change Mm -hmm. or create correction Mm -hmm. by convincing people to think a different way and therefore choose better, like Mm -hmm. we've talked about before. This is here's another point where that does not work. Yeah. And yeah, that and that whole saying of like desire and willpower, like and if I just think about it hard enough or I just focus on it hard enough, then I can make this change. Well, those aren't enough to change your character. No, because what are the two core components that actually create our character? What's at play here? So the two things that are at play would be the combining of our values and our known responses. So our identity and our values mm-hmm. would be the two main components. So basically how we've seen people behave or act in the past mm-hmm. when something happens and what we believe. Yes. Yes. And so... Obviously, as children, our our people who are creating our group identity is usually our family and all mm-hmm. of that. And we talked about this in previous podcasts where that all plays into who you are today. Yeah. And how when we're drawing from experience to respond, we will draw back to our childhood. Mm-hmm. But this is why group identity is so important. Yes. Is because we are also drawing on it every day as adults. And this is what forms our character. Yeah. So it really is about our group identity and the values that they hold. Mm -hmm. Whatever group we've attached ourselves to does form our character on a daily basis. Yeah, absolutely. It's And that doesn't mean like vacillating in the way of like, oh, yeah, one day I went to the gym and the other day I went there. But it it actually kind of does. It's funny. Um, We talk about integrity kind of being that. And I've heard character explained as well as who you are when no one's watching. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's also who you are when people are watching. And you can Mm. morph a bit your your responses because you know how what is appropriate and valued in the space that you're in if it's a group identity. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's really, really good. Mm -hmm. It's very, very good. So and it's interesting because in the prefrontal cortex, we're it that part of our brain is really seeking the least damaging response. Yeah. So it's, it's analyzing for us. What, what should I do? That's going to keep me as connected to my people as possible and not create disconnection. Right. Um, so and then br- it, it throws away the things that, right. that feels like it could threaten our relational response. Mm-hmm. Now this is great. <laughs> if, if, if you have a healthy Group if connection identity. is healthy and group identity is healthy, then those responses were going to be good character responses. Yes. But however, if we are in and I'm in, if we if we put ourselves in an environment or our identity is a little warped. And so that group identity is toxic or shallow mm-hmm. and the values that we have are not Christ centered values mm-hmm. or even moral values, mm-hmm. then your initial thoughts, actions reactions, all those things, the pre-conscious runs through all those things again. And then the character that comes out um, in the form of those actions and thoughts and feelings is not healthy and it's not good character. Right. So this, 
I don't know why this is coming to mind, but in the days of COVID, um, we've had a lot less group identity. Oh, yeah. Which is a bit fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people are really struggling and they're feeling this struggle mm-hmm. because character comes into play all day, every day. Oh, yeah. We don't consciously think about it, but it does. And I think a lot of us are feeling this loss of identity. Yeah. Oh, that's so Slash good. loss of character. Yeah. Because we don't have a group identity anymore that tells us how it is like for our people to act. And our experiences that we have to draw back on mm-hmm. are experiences that now could be going on two years old of the wow. last time that we really yeah. experienced group identity. Um, and some of us, I think this comes into play on the other side too, that some of us may COVID aside, let's say even just in everyday life, find ourselves that being a part of what we talked about toxic group identity. Mm-hmm. And we still see those things coming into play into moments in our lives where we have a thought or we re- react in a certain way where we think, Oh, Wait, Wait. why? That doesn't seem like who I am anymore. What in the world? Why am I doing doing that? Why do I think that way? Why was that my response? It's because character is still there. If you have not been able to find, let's say you left an unhealthy group identity Mm -hmm. and you've not been able to find a healthy group. Yeah, you're lost. mm -hmm, You're going to still draw back on your most recent experience. Yeah. Now. If you have a healthy home situation, then that can help reform. Mm -hmm. If you have a spouse and you guys are healing together, um, if you're a part of an organization that wasn't healthy previously, you can each be each other's group identity. There's some things that come into play here. I don't I don't want to create a hopeless picture. Right. But I want to create an awareness of what's going on. Yeah. And I think it's interesting, too, because (laughs) you could have really good character in certain areas and not in other areas Mm. because like i said at the top the question is how is it like for my people to act in this situation Mm -hmm. because your 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 brain is constantly every every relational situation that happens your brain immediately goes into that process Mm -hmm. and so if you have not been exposed or you haven't experienced a healthy reaction Mm -hmm. to this situation and then even even if your value is for a healthy reaction or like this Mm -hmm. this doesn't like whatever's happening i'm not gonna you don't want to respond your natural response your natural heart isn't to respond a certain way because that's just not that your values don't lie there right but if you haven't seen a healthy response or a healthy reaction to that situation Mm -hmm. it's could you you very well could react in a way that is not healthy yes that your character doesn't your true character doesn't show through Yes, because you'll do it by default and you're using the words react and respond interchangeably here. But um, Mm. I think it's important to draw out. We uh, in our collabs teach about relational circuits. And so last night we had a collab and we were teaching about relational circuitry. And most people, when we ask them, what's the one thing you want to learn how to do better? And what do you see? The difference between action and respond. Yeah. Yeah. When your relational circuits are off, um, there's a phrase in there that talks about reacting instead of responding. And when our relational circuits are on, which is a whole other conversation, we're we're a lot more aware of what's at play. And so therefore, we're able to um, kind of interact with our responses a little better than just having these fly off the handle reactions. But that's a different story. But thank you for that clarification. Yeah, that's very good. Very good clarification. And so when when we talk about that and and I think that's a great point that when we talk about character, we're not saying like. You, like that it's necessarily synonymous within you mm-hmm. that you either have good character 
or bad character. Like you could have a gang member whose heart breaks for people in his community. Yeah. Yeah. That, that he would give his shirt off his back for them and yet still go wound completely another person. Mm -hmm. What do you, how do you reconcile that? Or you could be, you could be completely an honest person 99% of the time. And then you find yourself in a situation where a lie comes out first. Yeah. And you're like, what? Yeah. Where, where did that come from? As a, Why I would even... never say my character is one of a liar, but what, what was that just about? Yeah. And it was likely some experience where you've been in an environment where lies were used to cover mistakes mm-hmm. or, yep. or poor choices. Cause again, we're talking about healthy correction, right? Yeah. So character comes into play of almost like, how do I avoid having a confrontation for behavior that does not align with the others in the group? Wow. Yeah, that's really good. Because mm-hmm. that's what that's yeah. what's driving our motivation and our character is. I want to be. I want to belong. I want to belong. I want to be I like my risk people. My belonging. Mm-hmm. My my goal is to be like my people. So I want to. Your brain is. I want to connect and I want to belong. So I'm going to do the thing that will connect me and keep me connected, even if they're not there, but right. mentally will keep me connected. To the people that I belong to. Mm-hmm. And this is why the whole conversation about from the church of, well, you just need to um, be more like Jesus and you need to do these things and you need to act like this and you need to act like God acts right. and blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And we try to convince people that there's these moral truths and choices that that are right and that they just need to choose into. Mm-hmm. But the reality is if they don't have people in mm-hmm. their community that are modeling what it looks like to do those things. Yep. So like first Corinthians 13, second Corinthians 13. Why am I forgetting this? The love chapter about love is yes. patient. Love is kind. Love is kind. Mm-hmm. It does not boast. Well, that's a foreign concept that we try to hold ourselves to as an ideal. If we don't have anybody else around us, who's showing us that love is actually kind right. and what it looks like to be kind. Yeah. And this is especially why it's so important, not only that we have peers who are modeling that one for another, Mm -hmm. but also why elders, again, are so so important important in our communities, because they're the ones who have been able to walk a life of figuring out what character is for themselves. Yep. And they're going to be a lot less in a place of needing that belonging and needing the community to determine that for them they'll have yes. pretty much determined that for themselves through their life experience not always well this right. is why we need healthy elders mm-hmm. and mature elders um but the mature elders then begin to set that group identity exactly that that, that's what this I'm about is to who say. we are yes and this is how it is for us to act there, right. again it's not a standard it's not you have to live up to this right it is it's it's this is who we are mm-hmm. and in this situation we act like this like we talked about um, in our last podcast, talking about how do you set healthy group identity? It's that this you set that of this is who we are, and this is how this is how it is for us to act in this situation. In this situation, when this happens, we respond like this because yes. this is our identity as yes. a people group. Yes, and so the verbiage that sometimes uses it it builds our library of mm-hmm. experience yes. that our brains go back to and. And I'm a bit old school and, and a bit of a nerd. And I really enjoyed my 
junior high days, I was a vol- <laughs> volunteer in the library and took it very seriously. She did. Imagine that. And there was the old school card catalogs. The and Dewey when, Decimal System. That's right. And when I think about this, I think about almost like that Dewey Decimal System. And when the book got lost or damaged, mm-hmm. then, you know, a new one would be bought and that card, a new card would be made and it would be put back into the card catalog. Yep. And that's what we're talking about here yep. is that we experience life day by day by day. And as we experience things, they're put into that catalog. Mm-hmm. And that's what we have to reference. That's, that's all, all we, have. we have to reference yep. when it comes to our character and how it is like for us to respond and how it's like for us to act. But so the only way to learn how to respond differently is not a convincing mm-hmm. by yourself or someone else that that you need to do it a different way because you heard somewhere that it sh- that you should just right. be doing it differently. Right. Yeah, it really is about you experiencing that being done differently, whether that's to you. Mm-hmm. So love is patient. Love is kind. You've Have experienced, you experienced someone's patience and, patience. and yeah. kindness. Or you've watched it. It also works in a situation where you may have watched someone else be patient Mm -hmm. and kind. When in your mind, you're thinking, oh, yeah, patience and kindness. That was a stretch in that situation, right? right? Like I would have X, Mm -hmm. but now I see that this is possible. I can do it. Yeah. And therefore, your character begins to change. Yes. So and what we're looking for, too, is not just a one time experience but a group identity and a group experience that that's what the environment now that this is normal in. Yes. Just like any, we always use gangs as the (laughs) emphasis, but you know, just like in a gang, most kids who get initiated into a gang, they didn't come in a gangbanger. No. They came in a normal kid who just needs a family. Yeah. And is looking for belonging. And so they watch the new way. Yes. They watch the new way that things are done and they determine in order for me to belong, I match to that. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. I think Jim Water explained it this way. He says the character lies in the intersection of identity and value. Mm. So whatever your identity and your values are, that's where your character lies. And so, again, it's just your life history of observed responses of how to act. Mm hmm. That's, you know, for the people that you belong, those experiences and then the values of my people, which is the group identity. Yes. And that's where character lies. Mm-hmm. No matter, you know, and or, well, no matter what that is good, yes. bad and different. Right. Because that's how our brain. That's work. Where our brain work. Yeah. This and, isn't our idea. Yeah. This is literally this how is our brain science. So if you want to see transformation in your character, then it's a very simple answer. Mm hmm. It's a matter of looking around and seeing who it is that you're attached to. Yep. And do you want to be who they are? Yeah, because and they determine your values. They do. And asking yourself, am I who I want my people to be? Oh, that's good. In your family, yeah. in your workplace, in your church environment, in your volunteer organization, wherever you might be, there's a two-part question to ask. Mm-hmm. Are my people who I want to be, and am I who I want my people to be? You've been listening to the Table and Well podcast. New episodes stream every Tuesday. Please subscribe on your favorite streaming service.